Hello, welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we're back with another episode of Dump Month, our second and final Dump Month episode of the year. A yes. theme that we may <laughs> go back to, or not. We might do. It's an we interesting one. It is an interesting one. And with this week, we kind of see the opposite side of last week. Yes, we do. But before we get into that... We've got to get into a section that we like to call What's New with Chris and Gary? <laughs> What's new with Chris? Um, well, I went to the doctors and they were saying, oh, excuse me. You mean what we've been What watching? is your best and worst <laughs> of the week? Well, we released our last episode on Friday. So technically, it's the best and worst of the weekend. Of the weekend. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, it's a, a slightly small period of time. Yeah. But we've watched some cracking films. We have. Um, if there is a worse, it's probably the film we're talking about today. Yes. So technically, what's your what's your two best? Yeah. So my favorite film that we've watched this weekend was The Week and the Wicked uh-huh. uh, from nineteen fifty four. Um, our sort of local weekly art house cinema. Yeah. We're trying to sound posh. Um, Indie our, cinema. Our yeah, local okay. independent cinema at home. It's called Home. Um, is started a season of films um, around rank, the rank organisation and um, the sort of acting school. So recently we um, we lost, <laughs> I didn't know her personally, but recently Glynis Johns died. Mm-hmm. And quite coincidentally, the first film was The Week and the Wicked, starring Glynis Johns. And it's... Hard to describe because it's very British, but it is a women in prison film. So it kind of has the sort of go-to women in prison (laughs) sort of moments. Yeah. But it's very British. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also my favourite of the weekend. And uh, yeah, for the exact same reasons. I love a women in prison film and this one does it. With unlimited amounts of camp value, and uh, some great comedic moments, and Diana Dawes absolutely slaying the house down. I am slowly falling in love with Diana Dawes. We've got a few of her films, and I'm excited to watch them. Um, but yeah, if you're in the Manchester area, yeah. we highly recommend Home. Yeah, no, the cinema, and the season's just started. We've got Yield to the Night, which is Diana Dawes again. They've got uh, Spartacus coming up, Elmer Gantry, and The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. So we're really looking forward yeah. to seeing them on the big screen. I do have a worst. Okay. Of the weekend. Oh, I see. Slash week. Um, so obviously, during this section, we discuss all sorts of media we consume. Uh, film, TV, games, even. Um, okay. Books, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so my worst... Again, my best was uh, The Wicked in the Week. The Week in the Wicked. Great. Can't remember the name of it. Um, <laughs> loved it that much. It's not a very well-known film, actually. We, we highly recommend it. Yes. It's a bit of a cool one. Uh, my worst, yes. which I assume is... I mean, technically, it's got to be your worst as well, because it's the worst thing we've watched, um, is episode four of What If. Oh, okay. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? What if I couldn't give a shit? I have switched off from that. I have to say, I didn't take much notice. Look at you. 
If you asked me any questions on it, I've got no idea. So I liked um, the Captain Carter and the Hydra Stomper episode. Mm. I liked the, the Die Hard one was all right. Um, Peter Quill attacking Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, good. Whatever. Uh, Nebula joined the no- Nova Corps, let itself down, started off great. But this episode four was fucking abysmal. Um, I just didn't care. I find this is personally with me, and I'm sure Gary will disagree. But I find with What If, the first season and the second season, that I have to know more about the MCU than maybe I do. Because it's like, what if this happened? Well, I, I don't remember what actually happened. You know, I, I know that, you know, Captain America was Chris Evans in the films and all that. So what if it wasn't Captain America? It was the British woman. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Who took that role? I understand that part. But I find some of it is, I'm questioning, like, well, who's that? Why is that significant? Like, you know, the ins and outs of mm. it. To really appreciate the what if of what if. Yeah. I have to remember a lot of information that I don't remember. <laughs> well, the next up, the, the one next up is like, an original story within the series itself. So maybe that'll... Yeah. Well, when it was like, here's the, you know... The zombies episode was the best one. Heroes and they happen to be zombies. Yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, great. But I find some of it is... Well, I don't find that funny because I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, was that not how it was? There's a lot of information to remember yeah. with these That's films. That's true. But this, this, the, yeah, the zombies episode in season one is the height of what if it hasn't been beaten yet. Um, But yeah... The thankfully the the episode after episode four was better and restored my interest. I'm sure everyone listening is like saying, "Well, Chris, if you paid more attention, you would know." So it it is on me. I'm not. I'm not it's, it's fine. There's a lot of stuff to remember. Yeah. Um. But yes, yeah, so there's some honorable mentions. Um. Uh, Drag Race has started. And yes. It's actually exciting for Enjoying. first time in a while. Um, again, another show where I have to remember a lot of names, so Duh. I'm sure as we talk about it more throughout the weeks, I will remember the names. Um, but Sapphire yeah. is a standout at the moment. Loved her. And um, no spoilers. But... A mandatory meeting. A mandatory it's meeting a is a fantastic name. <laughs> She looks like Sarah Jessica Parker. I'm living for that. Also, a bit like Patricia Arquette when she's out of drag. Yeah. 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 Safira is the one you were talking about. Safira. My apologies. Safira. Yes. Um, Might as well just give it a crown now. No point carrying on. I know. I know. I'm getting Sasha Colby energy. And I, I lived for Sasha Colby last year. So. And as far as films, I'm still reading poor things. I haven't finished it. As far as films go. Uh, big time gambling boss and police story were definite highlights as well. Yeah, yeah, police story, um, fantastic, really enjoy, fantastic action. Um, Jackie Chan has incredible charisma, and uh, yeah, big time gambling boss was a cracking Yakuza film. Yeah, well, I really like Yakuza films, and I didn't think I would. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain melodramatic. Yeah, yeah, but I. I've said it time and time again. Sometimes I struggle with films about men. Yeah. And just about men. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of Yakuza films are just about men. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed it. 
yeah, really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Speaking of films about men, mm. we've got a film today about a man, but not just any man. Today we're talking about the Bye Bye Man. Yes. Yes. Um, not the gay gay man. <laughs> not the lesbian straight, lesbian straight, man. Yeah. It's the, the, the Pan Pan Man. It's the Bye Bye Man. The Bye Bye Man. Um... 2017. Did you do that on the spot? I did that on the spot. My my, uh, spontaneous comedy is something that should be appreciated. Really on the board today. Yeah. Um, 2017 year we got together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. January. Well, yeah. I didn't start the year on such a high note. I went to see this on my own, and I remember putting on Facebook like, "Oh, I can't believe I'm going to see this on my own. Looks so scary." Um, that was a waste of time. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember like that's only like Mae West going I, to watch <laughs> Bye Bye Man um, if she was alive she could have been in the Bye Bye Man as the Faye Dunaway character stop um, but I remember like I got comments like oh oh wow you are brave going to see this on your own no I was fucking brave daring myself to just sit through it and not die of sheer boredom um yeah yeah and well, seemingly the film was so bad that I had to tell you that Faye Dunaway was in it well, yeah, yeah, um, but let's, yeah, let's get to that. Uh, spoiler warning is now in effect, if you care to watch this film, but don't. Directed by um, Stacey Title, who sadly recently passed, uh, 2021, uh, she directed Let the Devil Wear Black, The Last Supper, Freakish, Hood of Horror, The Greatest Show Ever, and Down on the Waterfront. I randomly watched way back in the day. The Last Supper. Okay. And it was actually a really good film. I, yeah, I want to see Hood of Horror. Yeah. Well, The, the Last Supper is about a group of friends who invite right-wing pundits mm-hmm. to dinner and then kill them. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. That's... Sounds good. <laughs> I feel like this is definitely a... Well, then again, I don't know, because, I mean, her husband wrote it. Am, am I right? Yes. Jonathan yes. Penner. So he did Down on the Waterfront, Lone Ranger uh, from 2003, and Let the Devil Wear Black. So I, it's weird because it kind of feels like a director for hire film. It feels like a random script that's been floating around and then got past the Stacey title and she was just told, stick to this. But that's, I don't think that's true though. Is I don't it? think it is true. It's because based on. Her husband wrote it. Her husband wrote it, but it's based on. The Bridge to Body Island by Robert Damon Schneck. So uh, this has a much more complex mythology for the Bye Bye Man. He was an albino born in New Orleans in 1912 who ran away as a child and became a derelict who lived in a train yard. After going blind, he began murdering people and cutting out their eyes and tongues because that's what all blind albinos do, Uh, which he sewed together and brought to life using voodoo because that's what all blind albinos do. Um, the resultant uh, creature became the Bye Bye Man's literal seeing eye dog, who looks a bit like an exiled bully, but that's a conversation for another day. Helping him hunt his prey. Uh, several elements from the story, notably the dog and the motive of trains, were retained for the film, though their purpose is kind of left undefined. Mm-hmm. Um, the story itself is a chapter within the book The President's Vampire, and. Um, it was later, obviously, retitled The Bye Bye Man and Other Strange But True Tales. 
And it's allegedly based on a true story oh. that was related to Schneck. Get the fuck out of here. What is wrong with you? No, it's not true. Shut the fuck up. That's not true. Yeah, but that's what everyone does. I, 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 I'm kind of over it now. Okay. Because it's been, what, 50 years now since the Texas Chainsaw Massacre okay. did it. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is technically based on a true story. I know, but... But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't a fictional character who fucking went blind and started murdering people yes. and created a fucking exile bully. This, um... Yeah, I feel like uh, Stacey Title as director, (laughs) I don't want to speak on anyone's behalf, but I feel like if her husband hadn't have written the film, (laughs) maybe she wouldn't have directed it. Yeah. And I feel like 2017, the the, the film feels like it's from 2010. Well, it's funny you say that, because this was filmed in November and December 2015, Mm. but not released until January 2017. And it was previously rated R by the MPAA for bloody horror, violence, language, and some sexuality, but edited edited down to a PG-13 because money. Yes. And their little trick worked because it's made on a budget of 7400000 and it made $29.8 at the box office. I mean, the, it must have worked because your ass was sat there watching it well, back in 2017. I was at the stage when I literally watched everything. That was released. Wow. I've, I honestly, I swear I watched it as a double bill with the new, the latest Underworld that day. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So, take from that what you will. And I, I remember, the thing, the weird thing is it made that much money, but I had to go to Birmingham to watch this. So we were in, I was in Coventry at the time, uh, and Coventry wasn't showing it at Odeon. So I had to go all the way to Birmingham. I feel like... I paid good train fare to go and see this <laughs> shit. I feel like for a film like this though, Outside of America, they don't really care. No. I, and I genuinely feel that in in terms of box office, um, there are I don't think the UK is a big market. Hence why we're watching The Holdovers, a Christmas film, at the yeah. end of fucking January. Mm-hmm. Um, hence why the Golden Globes are happening and half the films we haven't had a chance to watch. Yeah. Because I don't think the UK matters that much. Yeah. I think the main markets now, and maybe probably was in 2017, is the USA and China. Mm. Really. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems to be consistent in Manchester, considering we have like a thousand showings of Night Swim, which looks like it's this year's answer to the Bye Bye Man. Yes. Yeah. And these, these, so many of these horror films, throwaway horror films... I mean, it's a tale as old as time, though. It's not even a a modern thing. One horror film does really well. I'm looking at you, Halloween. And then you get so many rip-offs come after. Um, The Bye-Bye Man, I'm not even sure which one it's ripping off. I mean, numerous ones. Insidious. It follows. Yeah, Insidious, The Conjuring, it follows. Yeah, all sort of supernatural. Because it, it takes all the same scares and everything mm. from those films and yeah. just throws it in here. Um, but we do seem to get one every year. Last year we were quite fortunate when we had Megan because that's a one-off. That's rare that we get a January horror film that's so good. Oh, that was January. It was, wasn't it? yeah. Yeah. But that brings. Was that the... January America though? Yeah, I believe so. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. That brings me to the question. Did this film deserve to be dumped? Yes. Yes, it did. It did. It <laughs> deserved January. And this is what I said earlier about um, it kind of being the opposite of last week's film. 
which was Matinee, obviously, mm-hmm. which we loved. Absolute masterpiece. That didn't make money. Yeah. It got dumped in January, and it was a January dump. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this was dumped in January and made back money. It did. It did. Not enough for a sequel. Surprisingly, yeah. Mm, I'm surprised there wasn't a I, sequel. I mean, when we say critical backlash, this film was fucking panned. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I I can probably count on one hand the people I know that enjoyed it. And it, not even my full hand. So it's got a one point five on letterbox. Yeah. 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 Uh shall we talk about who's in it? Yes, in a section we like to call Hey, I know you. So first of all, we have Douglas Smith as Elliot. He was in Big Little Lies, Don't Worry Darling, Horizon, and American Saga, Big Love, The Swearing Jar, Bottom of the World, excuse me, is that new contest, <laughs> When We Rise, 12 Deadly Days, and more. So Douglas Smith plays your typical 2000s, 2010s alternative guy. Yeah. In a horror film. We know he's alternative because he wears Dead Kennedy and Joy Division t-shirts. He certainly does. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't got a Ramones poster on his wall. That was always a go-to. Um, yeah. Boring. Boring character. Couldn't give a shit about him. He caused the death of a lot of people in this film. It's entirely his fault. He is given simple instructions that he repeats. I'd love to see a count of how many times this is said. He repeats it about a thousand times in the film. But yet he goes against that one simple rule and he kills a bunch of people because of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all his fault. And he's so bland and boring as a yeah. character. Yeah. I've got nothing to say. Um, He he was in Trances 6. Oh, wow. I didn't even know there six. was six Trances films. These look Jesus. great. Way more interesting than the film we're talking about today. Um, the performances in this film across the board, apart from two people, are abysmal. Like seriously yeah. abysmal. To the point that I when I was sat in the cinema watching it, I couldn't believe it was had a theatrical release. Like, yeah. In, in one of those performances includes Kerry Katona's ex, Lucian Laviscount, as John. He was in Snatch the TV series. Supernatural, Emily in Paris, Your Christmas or Mine, Threesome, Love Beats Rhymes, Between Two Worlds, and fellow gays may remember him as Earl Grey in Scream Queens, amongst many other roles. Was he in Hollyoaks? I feel... Maybe. Yeah, I feel like he was a soap star. Yeah. Who, and then he went into Celebrity Big Brother, fell in love with Kerry Katona. They broke up and he tried his luck in America. And it, it, I mean, slightly. I mean, Emily in Paris is yeah quite well known. Yeah, so I think That's one of screen queens. I think he's yeah a bit of a following, really. Um, I'm not sure why because he is maybe the second worst. Second, second, second yeah. worst. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the first, film. the first worst doesn't even have a hey, I know you because you spare the bit of anything else. Well, um, hey, hey, I know you. So um, there's two British. Actors, yeah, in this. So Lucien Laviscount, yeah, and Cressida Bonus, yeah, and Cressida Bonus is a very posh lady who <laughs> used to date <laughs> Prince Harry, <laughs> and I feel tried to make it as an actress, yeah, uh, based off of being very 
posh and wealthy and having dated Prince Harry. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it it's it's awful. It's really, really it's bad. It's terrible. There's a bit of trivia floating around online that apparently at a, a screening, it didn't say which screening, I assume it's a test screening, like whenever she opened her mouth, the whole audience just erupted in laughter because yeah. of how bad this performance was. And the the accents, they're, they're going for American accents <laughs> and it's not working. It's not. And she, more than uh, Lucien, is incapable yeah. of sounding American. And, yeah. and the British comes out every so often. You're like, oh, you sound... Because she's... See, and I don't know her real voice, but from her background, I, mm. I would assume she sounds just like Rosamund Pike in yeah. Saltburn. Yeah. She's got really rich parents as well. Um, apparently yeah. not rich enough to get her good acting lessons. But um, like they have like twenty different titles before their yeah. names. And... Yeah. Sadly, we have to get into the so section. So we're not punching down. We're punching no, we're up. punching up. <laughs> we're sadly in the section of "Hey, I Know You," where we're going to talk about people who um... lost their minds and signed contracts to appear in this film. First yes. up, we have Doug Jones as the Bye Bye Man. Um, he was in Hocus Pocus one and two, The Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, Howboy one and two. John dies at the end, Mimic, Legion, Quarantine, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and more. He honestly is an acting legend uh, when it comes to character performances and creatures in films. And he's so good. Um, but he appears in this for like two scenes. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much of the Bye Bye Man in this, is there? <laughs> no. My question. Mm, no, I don't. I don't think he doesn't speak too much in films, does he? Did in Hocus Pocus, Howboy, he had a really big speaking role. As in, would he be up for Freddy Krueger if there was some sort of new Nightmare on Elm Street? Potentially. I mean, he was the sidekick in Howboy, mm, with the fish. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Pan's Labyrinth, he had a massive role in that as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, he'd be great as Freddy Krueger. Um, but yeah, he decided to be in this for some reason. Carrie he didn't do anything in this, really. <laughs> Speaking of, Carrie Ann Moss plays Detective Shaw. Yes. Star of the Matrix films, uh, Memento, Fido, Evil Never Sleeps, Jessica Jones, The Defenders, Silent Hill, Revelations, Silk Stalkins, and more. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss provides the best performance of the film. Um. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sorry, Silent Hill, Revelations 3D. Yeah, I've just I just had a little quick nose at this because it it looks awful, and it's from five years before Bye Bye Man. Yeah, so I've I, seen I it. don't I feel like she was struggling before this. So I don't feel like this was. Yeah, it's not great. The first nail in the coffin. Um, but finally, um, for real shame, uh, Faye Dunaway yes. as Widow Redman. Um, of course. She was iconic as Joan Crawford in Mommy Dearest. Uh, Network, she won an Oscar for Network. Yeah, yeah. Bonnie and Clyde, Chinatown, The Temp, It's All in the Game, Eyes of Laura Mars, Voyage of the Damned, and more, including that one time that she called uh, a guy in a theatre show a little homosexual boy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Faye Dunaway, um, incredibly talented actress. She was A-list at a time. And I genuinely feel 
like she ruined it for herself. And we we could we could do a whole episode on Faye Dunaway's career. <laughs> I could talk about it for hours. Um, but I genuinely feel like she is probably a toss pot off screen. <laughs> I really just horror the stories you hear. Um, yeah, just really not very nice. Which you know, do we get into the discussion if she was a man, then we wouldn't be talking about, you know, how it ruined her career because we hear about a lot of male actors who were toss pots off screen. But yeah, I feel this is her lowest rated film. It is. On Letterboxd. This is, this is bottom of the barrel. Yeah. For her acting career. I feel like her performance in this film would have been better if she played it as Joan Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like her performance in every film would be better if she played it as Joan Crawford. <laughs> um, unless you have anyone else. Yeah, so oh. I just want to go back to Jonathan Penner uh, a little bit from my research. So he was married to the director. It seems like he'd been in some other films, uh, Coneheads, White Palace, Amityville 1992, It's About Time. Um, it's About it's- Time! What I've gathered, he's probably most famous for his work on Survivor. Yeah. The American version, which was huge, and I think still is. Uh-huh. Um, Survivor never worked here. We had no. one Didn't we have one season? I think so. And it just didn't, didn't work, so we never had it after that. But apparently it's been going for years and years and years yeah. in America. So he's, he's really famous for that. So he's probably gotten this film made off of his success yeah. in Su- Survivor. Yeah. And I don't know if he's a producer or, or no, he doesn't seem to be. But I feel like he's read this story or he's like, I really want to make a horror film. I'm going to base it off this story yeah. and I'm going to write it, write it. And it's a travesty. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Sorry. Travesty. He's in the film. He is in the films, Mr. Daisy. Nice gay representation. <laughs> yes, we could get in twenty seventeen. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, no one that we've we've really heard of here. Well, in that case, let's talk about our feature presentation. Don't say his name. <gasps> Don't think it. He'll find you. He'll control you. He'll make you do awful things. And he won't stop. Until you're dead. Who? The bye-bye man. Bye-bye man. Rated PG-13. Uh, so we start in 1969, uh, where Psychotic Reaction by Count Five plays. That everyone knows. Um, before a mass murder occurs in Madison, Wisconsin during which a man, played by Lee Wanow, um, kills people on his block. Speaking of, hey, I know you, Lee Wanow, obviously. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, star of Saw. Yes. His acting hasn't improved um, within the, over the years. Bless him. Uh, star of Insidious. He's great. He's great in Insidious, at least. Um, yeah, I thought he was all right in Saw. Yeah? 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 It's not great here. It's not good. Um, Yeah. No, it's not good at all. No. Um, he shows up and uh, he shoots the neighbours. 
continuously asking if anyone spoke about the name that cannot be said. Mm. And he keeps repeating, don't say it, don't think it, don't think it, don't say it. Um, it's quite a bloody opening. Uh, in the unrated version, not in the PG-13 yes. version. Um, but we did watch the unrated version and uh, all the blood's been reintroduced. And unlike films like My Bloody Valentine that are in- improved by gore, this doesn't make a single bit of difference to this film. Well, it's not really gore. It's just shots, isn't it? Yeah. Just like um, gunshots. It's, it's, there's nothing to it. There's no sort of set pieces, no. should we say. No. Um, Apart from no... the train, maybe. Yeah, I suppose. But it's kind of like, I when I saw this at the cinema, I was like, oh, okay, I'm intrigued What the, what's going on here. It's quite a cold opening. Not bad. Not terrible. Yeah. Apart from the acting. Yeah. Um, it's a nice little uh, recreation of the uh, 60s Americana. Um, it gave me faith. It gave me faith in the film. Um... Yeah, it, it's that kind of very on the nose sixties, like it, like it's trying really hard. Yeah. to tell you it's the sixties. Uh huh. Which I like. I like. There's a, there's a, there's a bit of campness, kitschness to that. So I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the title card over a train uh, coming towards the screen. Mm-hmm. Okay, it looks cheap. It looks really yeah. randomly inserted. And then all hope is lost when we enter present day. And the first bit of dialogue we get is, what's up, big boy? <laughs> uh, Elliot, his girlfriend, Sasha, and friend John move into a house not far from their college. Uh, John shows Elliot wallpaper in the bathroom, which features a fisherman being sucked off by a fish. Oh, it's the shower curtain. Was it shower curtain? Shower oh, curtain. I thought it was the wallpaper. Yeah, no, it's the shower curtain. Um, Elliot is horrified. He is absolutely fucking horrified by this and he's like, oh no come on john this is something this isn't something that sasha would want to see she doesn't want to see this that grown-ass woman sasha um and uh as if that's not weird enough the fact that he thinks his girlfriend needs to be shielded by a fisherman being sucked off she has a look and then she's like oh well i've seen bigger so i've seen bigger and uh, then John is like, haha, she's awesome. Yeah. Following this, they just talk shit about random things with no interest. And that's at the point where you're kind of like, oh, fuck, what are we in for here? Yeah, John is aggressively straight. He is. He loves to pee in front of his bro and not wash his hands afterwards. Yeah. He thinks that, yeah, this fisherman cartoon being sucked off by a fish, I don't really get the joke, No. is hilarious. He says... Talk shit about my boys, folks. You're done. That was trying to be American. <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't, I don't know what that was. That's about as good as his. Um, these characters are unbearable. And he doesn't know what a cake tin is. No. So, of course, of course not. Uh, I, Sasha's not going to be forced to cook and clean because she's a woman. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't do that. And then he gets this cake tin. He says, well, I don't know what this is. But yeah. It's a cake tin. Hey, the cakes in it. Truly unbearable characters, mm. so unlikable. I couldn't couldn't give a shit who lived and who died in this film. I just I, I actually wanted them all to die. I couldn't care less. It, it it it's what I say a lot on the podcast. If I don't care about the characters, I don't care about the film. No. In horror, in yeah. horror specifically, yeah. if I do not care about the characters, either I want them to have a B 
big bloody death. Yeah. Or I want to see them survive. Yeah. In this case, I just don't care. Yeah. I don't care if they live. I don't care if they die. I don't care if it's, you know, they're not annoying enough, deliberately so, that I want to see a grand ending for them. No. I don't want a big gory ending or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, you know. Yeah. They're very boring. Well, a little strange as well, especially Elliot. Um, I mean, there should probably there's no reason there's there's no uh, surprise that when people start dying, they look at him straight away. He leaves a ransom note, love letter for Sasha in their bed, which she reads out loud for some reason. I I don't know why she's reading it out loud. Um, no, but she is. The ransom note says, "You look like a model from the seventies, a personal pilot of a James Bond villain." 19-year-old koala bear if it person, if any of them were true, I wouldn't have you. But they're not, and I do, amazingly. Bullshit aside, I never thought I would meet, let alone be with anyone like you. With so much love, your knight, bow, and Casanova, and roommate, Elliot. No animals were harmed in the making of this card. Was he having a fucking stroke whilst he was writing? I don't like, get what it. the fuck? What does he mean? I don't get it. That, like, that's so weird, so incoherent, and all put on a ransom note. Yeah. That's not romantic. That's fucking creepy. So, so it's all cut out from headlines. Yeah. Um. The the only full word, and some of it's handwritten as well. Yeah. The only full word is Casanova, <laughs> which I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, that's quite a, a turn of look. Yeah, it, like the one word you get in full is Casanova. That's not a word you see a lot in no. headlines. Um, I I don't get it. it. Is it a in joke with the writer and the director? Potentially. Um, which is great for cool them. For them. Yeah. But for us, it's really shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're watching this film and we don't understand what any of this means. She reads it out loud. <laughs> shouting the last sentence for some reason so he can hear. Um, yeah. Cringe. Absolute yeah. cringe. I don't get it. And speaking of cringe, uh, Elliot's brother Virgil and... <laughs> stupid name. His wife and kids show up for the housewarming party and uh, starts stirring up some, some shit when he uh, he's saying it's a good thing Elliot isn't jealous Why while Sasha and John are having a sexy dance together. Virgil taking his wife and kid to their housewarming party. What the fuck is that about? I don't understand. I don't know why the daughters there as college students are getting sloppy. Yeah. Like, what... Getting messy drunk. Uh-huh. White girl turn. And she... No, I don't get it. She's there because there has to be, in horror films from this era, when they're supernatural, there has to be a kid in the film that either knows what's going on or is part of what's going on. And this is why it feels so cliche. Yeah. It feels like, well, we have to have a kid in there. And then it's shoehorned in yeah. really badly because the, the kid, the, the parents and the kid would not be here at this party. No. They'd come round for a roast dinner. Yeah. I get it. But not for a party. I don't, it, it, it's shoehorned in. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And ultimately, spoiler alert, this part of the story, the brother, the brother's wife who disappears, we never see her again. No. And the daughter actually really don't play any kind of role in the film. No, they're actually only here to set up the sequel. Exactly. Funny enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Virgil's daughter 
Alice thinks she's on come down with me and starts having a nose around the house. Um, she ends up in Elliot and Sasha's room uh, where she finds a coin whilst a shadowy figure from the other side of the room watches her. Ooh, that's spooky. Boring. Sasha shows her friend Kim their bedroom. Kim is a queen. She's wearing a big hat that looks like something Carly Simon would wear. And Elliot is concerned about this, so he confronts Sasha with some more great dialogue. And I quote, exact words. Girls who wear hats inside are crazy. You know that, right? She says she's going to be doing a psychic cleansing by burning sage and everyone's gone. And uh, he says, John, do you think this house is haunted? And John says, I don't, but I'm not a girl and I think you should play baseball. Yeah. And AI's only just come into play now with yeah, writing scripts. Apparently women are the only ones that believe all of this stuff. Yeah, of course. Women who wear hats indoors. Um, FYI, she takes the hat off. Unfortunately. She, it's not like she wears the hat throughout the... If the, the it would make more sense if she hadn't just walked through the fucking door. <laughs> and she's wearing a hat. Like, okay, she's going to take it off at some point. Some point. I, What's your problem? I'd insist that she kept it on. It's it, a sleigh. It, it is. It is. It's um, giving um, Carl Richards. Yes, yeah, there is. Carl there Richards. is. I, I can't remember the uh, context, yeah. but there is an episode where Carl Richards has that hat. Well, she does her sage burning, um, but it doesn't work because soon strange things start to happen. And yes, stranger than that ransom love letter. Elliot starts finding coins in a nightstand that continually reappear, and he finds writing consisting of don't think it, don't say it. And a name, the Bye Bye Man. Um, so there we go. Remember, he he found the writing. It says the Bye Bye Man. It says do not think it and do not say it. Clear mm. instructions. Yeah. Uh, when Kim goes wild, um, at the seance. Well, we're not there yet. We're, we're getting there. Oh, are we not? <laughs> no. Oh, no. She, did you not see her happened. burning a sage? I thought that was for the seance. No, it's before it. She, you know, I she's going burning a sage. Yeah, she's going around burning some sage. Oh, I see. Um, but then we get a seance. Okay. Involving Kim, in which Elliot and John are continuously obnoxious to her. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like you said, she starts going wild in the aisles. Yeah. Uh, camp. Yeah. Which heard more of this. Um, and then she's saying, don't say it, don't think it, don't say it, don't think it. And they're like, what? And Elliot's like, the bye-bye man. You're a fucking moron. You're an absolute fucking moron. Yeah. Um, she didn't say don't say gay. No. It's not not at that point yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't care. It, because it's, I mean, it's cliched. Because, spoiler alert, she sort of collapses on the floor. <laughs> and then nothing happens. Yeah. There's not, no one, no one even talks about it afterwards. Yeah. The fact that she collapsed. Mm-hmm. It just happens, and it's like, it's so cliched. It is. Sasha develops an unusual cough, and she, Elliot, and John start experiencing hallucinations, starting with Elliot seeing a figure in place of his dressing gown. And they build up this dressing gown for the whole film. You know where it's going. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Elliot also begins to suspect that Sasha is cheating on him with John uh, because of what Virgil said at the party. Um, before the Bye Bye Man was released. 
and uh, that. And she also says, I love you, John, in the middle of the night. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. It's like, yeah, it's that, that happens. Messy straight people drama. Yeah. Um, and it's not even entertaining. No. No. What is entertaining, though, is um, Carly Simon Kim and her choice of handbag the next day. Oh, that's hideous. I don't know. I don't get what it is. It doesn't match the outfit. It's... It's like a big circle of jewels. Yeah, it is, but it looks like it's (laughs) cross-stitched. But it doesn't go with the outfit. It it would be cute for a picnic, I feel, but not for a housewarming party. No. Carly Simon, son of a gun. (laughs) Look. Well, um, yeah, she... She's driven home by John. She is. Um, well, this is after Elliot's kind of woken in the night yes. by sounds of John and Kim having sex. Yeah. Um, so we we understand because th- there was no flirting. There was like mm-hmm. one moment where they looked at each other and we're meant to read that as, <laughs> oh, look at this chemistry between these characters. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. The next day. The next day, he's really embarrassed and really rude to her. Because he couldn't get it up for her the night before. Which uh-huh. is weird, because we definitely heard him having sex. And then he has an hallucination that she has maggots in her hair. So he kicks her out of the car and drives off. Um, When he gets home, he storms off to the bathroom. And Elliot's like, did you drive Kim home? And uh, he's like, yeah, now I've got to wash her off. The girl's gross, man. A total pig. And John's like, come on, man. That's not cool. Don't say that. And he's like, oh, that's easy for you to say. Your girlfriend's perfect. Oh my god, you sound like eight-year-olds. Shut up. I did like the conversation they had in the car, though. Uh, Kim and John. Kim says, uh, want to come in and try again? <laughs> These things happen. And John says, not to me. She says, actually, not to me either. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to make you feel better. Okay. Um... She's trying my best, you know. <laughs> Well, Sasha continues to become sick and has an hallucination that John is is shirtless in front of her and offering her a good scene too. Um, a spooky ghost locks Elliot in the basement, so he shouts at John and Sasha about it and accuses them of having an affair. So Sasha shows him that she did a drawing of the Bye Bye Man, a really shit drawing of the Bye Bye Man, and tells him that she knows all about him. And it's kind of like, it just happens. Like, there's no, it's not a big revelation. It's quite early into the film as well. Mm. And like, it's not like, he's not like, oh, don't say it or anything like that. It's like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Elliot does have a dream that a train is coming towards him, John and Sasha, as they're all standing naked on a train track. Yeah. So we're... (laughs) Point of view style from the train driver's perspective, <laughs> racing towards their bare asses. <laughs> and I don't get why. No, it's, no. Just, it's yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense. I just, I don't understand why they're naked. I, un- <laughs> I understand. The train, because the, the train is apparently rather significant throughout the f- the Bye Bye Man lore. Um, why? It's never really explained. It's just trains. Yeah. You know, he didn't even, like, die on a train track. He didn't, I don't know. Well, maybe if we had some backstory, it might fucking know. It would have helped. 
the bear asked is, I don't, I don't get it. it. There was no need for it to There's be naked. There's no need. It, it's, I mean, it feels exploitative, really. It, it kind of, uh, I mean, at a stretch, it could be like they're exposed to him now. They're vulnerable. I mean, that's just me being kind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. Like, I, th- I genuinely feel like, oh, you know, what's the scariest dreams that we have? Oh, being naked in public. I- is that it? But they're not really. No, it's, it's in a, a tunnel. Yeah. Tra- a, young, we just wanted to show these people's asses for <laughs> a little cheap. Uh, well, not T and A, but A, a just bit a. of A. Yeah. There we go. Um. Yeah. So then, when he wakes up, we finally have the big moment with the dressing gown, and the bye bye man comes walking towards him for a jump scare. Oh. Uh, makeup for the bye bye man. That's alright. Yeah. No, no, I thought it was. Do I you, thought it was. Do you think it, it looked stupid? Do you think he looks like Snoke from Star Wars? Yes. That's kind of what yeah. I was getting from it, and it wasn't too long after the Force Awakens either, so it's kind of like. Uh, it was subtlety. given Skeletor, but not, <laughs> but not, cartoon Skeletor, Masters yeah. of Universe Skeletor. I feel like these scenes with Doug Jones, and funny enough, the scene with Faye Dunaway, and funny, even funnier enough. The scene with Carrie Ann Moss. Feel like they've been added in at the last Absolutely. minute. Absolutely. Because the rest of it kind of feels like you I mean the whole thing feels like your generic throwaway mm-hmm. horror film. But their scenes feel a little out of place. Yes. Like there's no you don't see the bye-bye man other than like two or three times. Yes. It's yeah. I feel like what they wanted to do was this big reveal at the end of the Bye Bye Man mm. and what he looked like. Yeah. And potentially someone at the studio or a producer said, no, we want to see him earlier on, throw in these random scenes. Yeah. And we can see his face and the dog looks like shit. The dog is awful. The dog looks yeah. terrible. Yeah, I can't defend that. It's... Just throw, throw it in because we want to see him a lot more. It is the Bye Bye Man. Um, but by, you know, if, if you're going to do that, <laughs> but if you're going to do that by looking at the poster, maybe we should just see him on the poster. Yeah. Really? Why do we have him hidden on the poster looking like, I know what you did last summer when the big reveal happens so early on and randomly as well. I'm pretty sure we, with the kid, isn't it the scene with the kid? We see the dog, at least the dog for the first time. Is it? I feel like it's just the dressing gown on the door. No, I swear we see the dog quite early on. Oh. I didn't see it. fucking cat. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I feel like they got the big names in at the last minute. I think Um, so. I think Carrie Ann Moss was absolutely a name that they wanted. Yeah. She owed them a favour. And she said, I would give you two days. Yeah. I can give you two days. Faye Dunaway said, I can give you half a day. <laughs> give you ten minutes. I give you... <laughs> it's all one shot. Send the script to the little homosexual boy <laughs> and he'll read it out to me. <laughs> um, the next day, a librarian shows Elliot a dossier about the bye-bye man and she gives him a pair of gloves. And she's like, here, put these on. He's like, really? She's like, yeah, they're originals and we don't want your sweaty paws messing up the documents in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm living for because he deserves to be told off. He does. Um, but also, when we see these originals, they do kind of look like they were just 
printed off fresh from Microsoft Word. They do. <laughs> um, but things get a little better. They take a slight peek here. When Sasha goes to see the dangerous stereotype um, camp gay florist, Mr. Daisy with a Z, um, who also happens to be their landlord. And she's like, oh, Mr. Daisy, I live at this address. He's like, oh, yeah, the two handsome guys. Are you with them? <laughs> Should he be talking like that about his tenants? I know. <laughs> and then she says, you have a weird house, Mr. Daisy. <laughs> really, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> He's Nothing like, compared to salt burn. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, darling, but they did sign a lease. Yeah, number one, why the <laughs> fuck is her name not on that lease? I know, yeah. Why is Mr. Daisy <laughs> surprised that there is uh, this young woman living there? Surely her name should legally be on that lease as well. Yeah. If she is living there. I, d- I, don't, I don't get the two handsome guys thing. <laughs> I, d- I don't get it. This Mr. Daisy character, completely pointless. He does not need to be there. And the fact that he wrote this himself. Yeah. It's kind of like, come on. Why Why would you not have the backstory? Maybe Mr. Daisy set them up. Mr. Daisy knows more than he's le- leading them on to know. Yeah. You know, why, why is this Mr. Daisy character even in existence if he's not going to help the plot in any way? Yeah, it's not even like it's a horror comedy, but it feels like this is just a cheap joke at gay people. Um, well, it's... Yeah. Florist, it's, it's like a garden centre as well, isn't it? I, I don't really... His name's yeah. Mr. Daisy with a Z. Um, with Age Comes Camp, um, we're able to sit there and laugh at the fact that this even exists. Bitch, this was only six years ago. Uh, I, it feels like a lot This is the gay ago. deceivers. Um, but at, at the same time, it's kind of like, what was your intent? Oh, he's so flamboyant and gay, and he's a florist. Oh, he's like the two handsome boys. Could, I mean, no straight guy would say, oh, the two handsome boys. Yeah. Like, oh, the two bros. Yeah. Two great fellow. They are football season. Are they, <laughs> are they in the in the team? Yeah. Well, moving. Did, did you? Oh, oh, that that explains the uh, shower curtain. Oh, well, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Gays love fish. So love fishermen. Love fish blowies. John goes to class and just sits on his phone where he sees pictures of the bye-bye man and his dog and they both come to life and he's really shocked at this because he's never heard of moving pictures before. Um, live photos. But uh, yeah, he's really scared by it so uh, he gets a talent off by his teacher who gives him a jump scare whilst the librarian tells Elliot that a teenager killed his family and told a reporter that the bye-bye man made him do it. The same reporter later became the mass shooter in 1969 after realising that other people knew about the bye-bye man. Elliot spots the bye-bye man in the library and starts scribbling out his name on all the documents until the librarian catches him. And she's like, what the hell are you doing, boy? (laughs) She asks questions as if she doesn't really know the whole story. Yeah, and she's helping us along. Bless her. Thank you. But then suddenly she's like, oh, yeah, he did it and then he did that and then yeah. he did that. I'm like, why are you the she's one? She's like a walking encyclopedia exactly. of the Bible, man. <laughs> and I don't, I, all I've got written down and I can't remember the context. I'm assuming the librarian says it. So, well, obviously, he was batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, this is the first glimpse of the bio. Oh, no. The dog. The dog's in the photo. I think the that's dog. the first time This is the first yeah. glimpse of the dog. Yeah, the dog looked awful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's weird because usually we're only treated to one of these uh, women who pro- provide exposition in films. Mm. But um, we get two in this one. Yes. Aren't we lucky? Um, Elliot goes to pick up Kim so they can do another seance. And she joins him after washing blood off her hands. Kim is killed when she is struck by a train after hallucinating a car accident on the side of the road. This is your big moment from the trailer. This is the one. Um, She hallucinates that there's been some sort of car accident on the side of the road. So she's like, stop, stop, get out. I need to go help. Oh my God, I need to help these people. And she starts running. And yeah, she she gets hit by a train as she's running to these people that she's hallucinating about. Do you know what I don't understand? What? Isn't there an order to... Shouldn't there be an order to these things? Yeah. If you're going to rip off De- uh, Destiny's Child... Final Destination. Final Desti- <laughs> Destiny's Child. Or is Final Destiny's Destination. Child shouldn't there be like an order to these things? Mm-hmm. Like, surely Elliot should be the first to go. Yeah. Um, Because he was the first one. Well, yeah. To utter the name by uh-huh. Birdman. Um, but he's the last. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, leave the straight white dude till the end? Uh-huh. Apparently that's what happened with the reporters. You know? Yeah. But I also don't... Yeah. Okay, no, I'm not going to get into it. No? No. Feel it, free. I just feel like if the whole purpose... It's like a Final Destination thing. Yeah. For, th- for this scene. Uh-huh. But, and the threat is the bye-bye man. hmm Why do we have her randomly being hit by a train? Yeah. As if it's Final Destination. Uh-huh. But then have bye-bye man as a physical entity that we keep seeing that is, what, going to kill people? It's true, because he never actually kills anyone himself. No. Because then you get... The whole idea of these hallucinations leading to people killing their friends and family. Yeah. But then also, apparently the only way to stop it is to kill your friends and family and then kill yourself. Yeah. So I just, it's very muddled. There's no sort of clear A to B progression of these things. You know, Final Destination, very clear about it. You know, death is coming back to claim the lives that were meant to be taken in that moment. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, Freddy Krueger comes to you in your dreams and kills you. When you're killed in your dreams, you're killed in real life. Yeah. Very simple. This is way too muddled. It's got way too much going on in that aspect. And it's, it's confusing but also really boring as well. I don't know how they manage it. Yeah. The thing is, it's doing what I feel Smile did successfully. Mm. It it fails to do it here, but Smile did it way more successfully years later. And it's because of films like this where we thought Smile was going to be shit, but Mm. it wasn't. I feel like there is some sort of allegory here for mental health, perhaps. Um, I'd like to think that's what they're trying to do, but Mm. they just failed. It doesn't work. At all. Like, no. Yeah. The fact that they have the physical bye-bye man there just cancels out any sort of thing like that. And it just doesn't work at all. Yeah. I suppose... It's just there for a 
for the trailer and the poster. That's yeah. all for. I suppose if you could get an allegory, intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Bye Bye Man is a physical representation uh-huh. of your intrusive thoughts. And, you know, you're desperately trying to keep those intrusive thoughts out of your head. Yeah. You know? So it's it's a bit like um, OCD. Yeah. And that's very interesting. And I feel like we've maybe done the film too much justice <laughs> even by uttering those words. Well. <laughs> because if that is the point, then it's handled very poorly. It is. Yeah. Well, Elliot and John have an argument because John refuses to not say the bye-bye man. So Detective Shaw, Carrie Ann Moss shows up and uh, demonstrates what acting is. She <laughs> she, she shows him how to act. Uh, she reveals that Elliot was seen chasing Kim with a hammer and thinks that he killed Kim's roommate. John hallucinates Detective Shaw winking at him for some reason. And Sasha hallucinates Detective Shaw with her eyes cut out. <laughs> um, carry on, Moss. Bless her. She's desperately trying to polish this turd. She is. You, you can see her hands desperately yeah. trying to uh-huh. uh, roll it in glitter. Um, it's not working. It's not. Uh, he's taken in for questioning by her uh-huh. and is released when Kim's suicide note reveals that she killed her roommate and was planning on killing Elliot, Sasha and John. Two questions. Number Why didn't one, she write the bye-bye man on that note? Exactly. Yeah. And number two, you know, if... if Number two, why is it not suggested that he wrote the suicide note? Yeah. If you're like, you've killed uh-huh. someone. Yeah. And he's, you know, prime suspect in the killing of her and her roommate. Mm-hmm. Why would a suicide note, which we have no proof was written by her. Yeah. Why is that not suggested to be him? Exactly. Especially means he was the one seen running with her hammer. Yeah. And so he should with be his in jail yeah, for it, the rest of this film. Yeah. For his the rest fingerprints of film, are all over it. Exactly. He was the last one to see her. This whole business about her seeing a crash. Yeah. It sounds absolutely ridiculous. That's the whole point of these films is nobody believes uh-huh. the, the person that this yeah. is all happening to. Uh, I'm confused as to why she was hit by a train in broad daylight. <laughs> But Carrie Moss doesn't get there until night time and everyone's just <laughs> hanging around. His body's just lying there for God knows how long. Yeah. Um, how many trains came past after that? Yes. And her body's only just been taken away. Um, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Elliot goes home and finds John having sex with Sasha, so he hits him with a baseball bat, only to find out it was an hallucination. <gasps> He also gets a call from the librarian telling him she's having bye-bye man problems. So he visits, um, he goes on a journey um, and goes to the reporter's widow. Uh, The widow Redman. The um, widow Redman. Who, he shows up and she's like, come in, you little homosexual boy. (laughs) And... um, He's like, should I take my shoes and socks off? And she's like, I can handle the socks. <laughs> um, she reveals that the curse causes insanity, hallucinations, and eventually death. Signs of his uh, coming are coins mysteriously appearing, sounds of a train, large skinless hound walking about with a bad CGI, and the appearance of wire hangers. 
The only way to prevent it is to not think of his name or speak of him. Uh, if someone already knows, then they must be killed. So Elliot has a vision of Faye Dunaway being set on CGI fire. So he starts acting like a big man, like, oh, yeah, bye-bye, man. Hey, you think you're so tough? I'm on to you. And then just leaves her. Just leaves the house. She's just stood there by the fireplace, wondering what the fuck is going on, and he just runs away. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> Number one, if Faye Dunaway, I'm going to call her Faye. I'm going to call her Faye like I know her. If Faye, the widow Redmond, knows that her husband's death was linked yes. to some sort of um, phrase yeah. or some sort of issue that he can get out of his mind uh -huh. and she knows in some way that the moment it said you know you're done for yeah yeah why would she still be in that house exactly she why would she have moved away uh -huh. moved completely out seemingly she hasn't done anything since no she's given miss havisham yeah she you know she's there waiting for this moment to give this random guy some exposition. Yeah. So why would she not move away? Why is she still there? Yeah. Like, what's the point? She still kind of looks glamorous. She does. Like, it's Faye Dunaway. I'm sure she had it in her contract that she wasn't allowed to look like a dog's dinner. Even though, really, the character should probably... If we're led to believe uh -huh. that she's been holed up in this house for how many years? Better part of 50 years uh -huh. after the incident, then... what? Ridiculous. The thing is, she's the modern equivalent of exploitation, where mm. it's not really exploitation because they're not exploiting older women, but they put them in specific roles. Yeah. Like, it's always the older lady who knows everything that's going on and gives the exp exposition to solve the problem, which is either ignored or they get involved themselves and help the situation become resolved and usually die for it. Yes. So obviously we've had uh, Sissy Spacek in The Ring 2. We've had uh, Lynn Shay in Ouija and the Insidious films. Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, I mean, she was only in the sequels because people loved her so much. Yeah. Ellen Burstyn in The Exorcist Believer. Um, there's loads of them. Would you say, and I, I've been trying desperately to forget this film, the latest Grudge film remake... Was Jackie Weaver that character? Jackie Weaver was probably that... No, I don't know. Maybe. All I remember is Jackie Weaver doing a really camp run out the yeah. house. That's all I remember She may have that been film. that character. She yeah. may have been that girl. Um, was that Andrew Riseborough in that film? Maybe. Oh, it was. I but swear it was. Faye Dunaway is definitely that bitch. That, she's she, the one. Yeah, that is who she is in this film. That's the only reason she's there. I'm um, here to give you exposition. And yeah, that's, and that's it. It could have been added guy. in at the last minute. That CGI. It's awful. The drizzling <laughs> shits. Really, really bad. Yeah. And I, yeah, it, it's a real shame because d despite you're off screen, I know, I know, but she, Faye Dunaway is capable of an incredible performance. Yeah. If given the right material. Uh-huh. And I think it's a real shame to see her in this dog shit. Yeah. Film. 
Uh, we lose another one of the best characters when the librarian is accidentally hit by Elliot's um. car after she killed everyone in her home. She was on her way for Elliot, but he found her first. Yeah, apparently. So she... So I don't know whether the bye-bye man takes over people and makes them go and kill. Yeah. Because the librarian hasn't had as much exposition as Elliot has had. Mm-hmm. So surely the bye-bye man has made her hallucinate? And yes. Wants to get, and then yeah. he's hallucinating and runs her over. Mm-hmm. Sasha and John are also suffering from hallucinations. <laughs> Again, her being hit by the car, CGI, it looks shit. It does. As well. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot finds John stabbing Sasha, so he shoots John, mm. but after he picks up the corpse, Sasha is revealed to have been the one stabbing John. <gasps> That's really the best thing I can come up with. I just, again, I don't know why Elliot's at the centre of all of this. No. Why is Elliot the one hallucinating? Why are we seeing everything from Elliot's point of view? Yeah, well, apparently all those characters have been hallucinating. Yeah. But he's the one that's leading it. Yeah. Straight white man. So his hallucination by the bye-bye man yeah. is for him to shoot his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just don't know why the bye-bye man's so obsessed with Elliot. Yeah. Seemingly no one else has seen the bye-bye man either. Oh, no, didn't John randomly see him? Yeah, he in saw him in, in, in on well on his phone. Oh, on his phone. Yeah. Um, the bye bye man appears for his big grand moment, and Elliot hallucinates about Virgil and his family being murdered. So they come to the house, just him and his daughter, not the wife. Elliot keeps Virgil and Alice away long enough for him to kill himself with a gun. Virgil and Alice get away before the entire house goes up in flames. And uh, <laughs> Alice is panicking, but Virgil's like, it's okay. The fire can't hurt him anymore. <laughs> there's there's no reason for these characters to exist. No. And they're just outside the door. Like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? And all that business. The house is on fire. So what was the house haunted? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, why is the house on fire? Why Who set the, the house, house on fire? Can the, the bye bye man fire? do that? Why didn't he just do that from the beginning? So I was some CGI fire left over. What was the point of the bye bye man? I just I don't I don't get it. What was his backstory? Because I think it's trying to be Candyman as well, to a certain degree. When he appears. I don't get it. I don't get it. And and do you know what? I, I actually I don't care. By this point, by the end, yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm done with this. Well, whilst riding home, Alice reveals she found the coins from the nightstand near the trash, along with the writing. But she couldn't read it in the dark, because she's not a flashlight, as she tells us. Yeah. Oh, oh, Dad, of course I can't read it. I can't see in the dark. Yeah. Are you wasting my time? Surely it's gone past an hour and a half now. So that sets it up for a sequel. And they didn't just want one sequel because Detective Shaw arrives at a scene where John is found to be alive but wounded and whispers the bye-bye man to Shaw, allowing the curse to spread again. Do you know who I feel sorry for? Who? People who tried to say bye-bye mum but accidentally said bye-bye man <laughs> and now they're cursed. 
Well, that's the bye-bye, man. <laughs> Do you know who I also feel sorry yeah. for? Me. I feel sorry for myself for having to sit through that. Oh, a turd. A real turd. Yeah. I did... I It was so tedious. Uh-huh. And boring. Really just badly written as well. And I, I hate to be too harsh on these films, but really bad it's just a mess it's just like it's just generic mess yeah it, it feels like it tried to take too much from other films yes yeah. and in doing so became a stereotype yeah just a of these kind paint of horror films paid by numbers um really bad mm-hmm. yeah when you've only got you know shaded paint <laughs> yeah it's yeah. really bad I didn't enjoy it well we still have to give it some awards we do we do so biggest queen uh, she's a terrible detective but I'm giving it to Detective Shaw I just went Faye I suppose really? Faye Dunaway come on <laughs> well my biggest gasp is Faye Dunaway randomly being set on fire <laughs> my biggest gasp was random asses about to be hit by a train <laughs> Best dialogue, it's obviously, oh yeah, the two handsome guys, are you with them? Of course it's, oh yeah, the two handsome guys, are you with them? And that's camp, I've got Psychic Kim and her Carly Simon hat trying to bless the House of Sage before hosting the seance. I went with that's camp with Faye on CGI fire. Ratings, I give it two psychics cosplaying as Carly Simon out of ten. I give it one flaming Faye out of ten. A masterpiece, trash piece, trash, basic or a camp or a bunch of fun. Basic. It's basic and trash, but yeah. really basic. Oh, oh, bored. It's available on DVD, Blu-ray and video on demand. Whilst many great films don't have Blu-ray releases, this one has. And if you enjoyed this, then check out Smile because it actually does a better job with a similar premise. Yeah, if you enjoyed this, I suggest checking out It Follows. Yeah. So we are Horror Cool Trash over on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Horror Cool Trash on Twitter. I'm Gaz 92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruz92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker 823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And we're also GazPowerFest across all social media as well. Give us a rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, like a follow on everything else. Next week, we start the second half of January, where the month is transformed into Japanuary. And we are discussing Takeshi Miike's The Happiness of the Katakuris. Yes. Very excited to discuss that film next week. Yes. And to fully embrace Japanuary. Yeah. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye.